We'll have three brief readings from the Bible tonight, one from Exodus, one from Malachi, and one from 1 Peter. This is God's word for us tonight. First, from the book of Exodus, chapter 19, verses 3 to 6. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the house of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. And then from Malachi chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. You have said harsh things against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What did we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly the evildoers prosper, and even those who challenge God escape. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. I will spare them just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. And then from 1 Peter chapter 2. But you... You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. One day when I was in my middle school Sunday school class, the teachers asked each of us to think about what our most valued, what our most treasured possession was. They said, think of if if your house was burning and you could take one thing out with you, what would it be? If you could only take one thing, what would your most valued possession be? A Sports Illustrated football columnist has been asking football players that question each week this season, and he gets a variety of responses. One, one young player with an embarrassed grin said, well, my phone, my, my smartphone would be my most valued possession because it helps me keep track of all the things I have to do. It's embarrassing, I know, but my phone is what I value the most. And another player said, my two Super Bowl rings, that's my most valued possession because there's only been 51 Super Bowls and I helped win two of them. Another player said, it's my house, the house that I was able to buy for my family with all the money that I've made playing football, the, the house that was better than I ever dreamed I could provide for my family, that's my most valued possession. Another player said, it's my high school highlights tape because it tells me where I've been, shows who I am and what kind of person and what kind of football player I am. Another player said, it's, it's this piece of jewelry that I have that, 
I got in honor of a friend who died a few years ago, and it helps me stay centered. Our valued possessions, the things that we treasure most, give us a window into who we are, into what our hearts are all about. The Exodus text that we read this evening is one, one of the key texts for understanding the whole Old Testament. And it gives us a window into the heart of God. In that text, the Lord tells his people that he's delivered them from Egypt. And he's brought them out of slavery. And he's brought them into his presence. And then he says, if you keep this covenant, if you keep this covenant, you will be my most treasured possession. The Lord tells his people there in Exodus chapter 19 that he intends for them, for them to be his most valuable possession. He saved them from Egypt. He's bringing them to the promised land. He's promised to dwell with them and be their God and have them be his people. He is saying to the people of Israel, you are my greatest treasure. You are what I value the most. These verses in Exodus and the promise of the Lord there, those were founding documents for ancient Israel. That That's a bit like the Constitution is for our country today. It defined for them how their lives and how their nation were supposed to look forever. But when we turn over to our Malachi text, we find that the people are having a hard time holding on to that promise. They've seen years and decades of trouble. Even in the promised land, the wicked are prospering and the righteous are suffering. Life doesn't seem right. And the people don't feel like God cares for them anymore. They don't feel valued. They don't feel treasured. They don't feel like God is keeping his promises anymore because life is hard. And in Malachi, we see the people respond in two ways. Many of the people started speaking against the Lord. They started harshly accusing him. They said, it doesn't seem like God cares anymore. It's pointless to serve the Lord. We aren't getting anything out of it. What have we gained by keeping the Lord's requirements and following his rituals? Really, the evildoers prosper. The righteous suffer. Why in the world are we going to do what God says? And so these people turned away and they did whatever they wanted. That's one response. But then there's another response that we see in this text, and it's the opposite of that first response. Many of the Lord's people, even though they looked at life and all its challenges and all the struggles they'd had over the years, they continued to be faithful. And the text tells us that those who feared, who honored, who were faithful to the Lord, they gathered together and they talked with each other. They affirmed their belief in God's promises. They gathered together to praise the Lord, to pray to Him, to hear His word again. Even when life wasn't going their way, they held on to God's promise that they were and that they would be his treasured possession. Now, often today, we don't feel like the Lord's treasured possession. Life is hard. Lots of things go wrong. And before us today, there are those those two ways to respond. We can respond by saying, life isn't going my way. God must not be faithful, so I'm going to do whatever I want. Or we can respond by saying, even if I don't see it right now, even if I don't see it right at this moment, I believe that God is at work, that we are his treasured possession, 
and that we should be faithful and hold on to him. And so we gather together and we talk with each other if we choose that second way. We encourage each other. We remind each other. We go to the Lord with our complaints, our questions, and our doubts. But just like in Malachi, we hold on to that truth that we are the Lord's treasured possession. And here in Malachi, we see the Lord respond to his people. In Malachi, there's a lot of language, a lot of words, a lot of phrases that are lifted straight from Exodus chapter 19. It's like the Lord is trying to say to his people, that promise that I made, it's still true. Nothing has changed. You are still my treasured possession. And the words that are used there for treasured possession give you this picture of a mighty, wealthy, incredibly powerful king who has a treasury full of valuable objects. But out of all that, the thing that he values the most, the greatest and most special object in the treasury of a mighty king, that's what this text means when it says treasured possession. And that's how much the Lord treasures us. Long ago in that middle school Sunday school class, my teachers quickly defined that that they were asking about stuff. They were asking about possessions. They weren't asking about people. They had to say, what, your family's out, all the people you love are out. After that, what's your most valuable possession? And they had to make that clarification because, because people are always more valuable than stuff, right? That's true for us, and it's true for the Lord. In Malachi 3.17, the Lord says, I will spare them, my people, from judgment, just like a father has compassion and spares a son who serves him. And the Lord is telling us, he's telling his people, he's telling us that he values us like family. He values us like someone values their children. We are his most treasured possession because because we're part of his family. Because we are his people, because we are his children, God loves us so much that he makes us his treasured possession. But there's a twist there. As we gather and look toward Christmas, Malachi 3 echoes in a uniquely powerful way because because at Christmas, God laid down the life of his son for us. The Lord loves us so much that he didn't spare his son, but gave his son on our behalf. Tonight we're celebrating Christmas and we're celebrating the birth of Jesus and we're joyful and rejoicing because of the gift that Jesus is. But even tonight, even at Christmas, the cross, the cross of Jesus casts a shadow even over his manger. Jesus came to live among us, to suffer for us, to die for us, and to rise again and give us new life. The Lord values us so much that he gave his own son for us. And so tonight, as we gather in the darkness, we look toward the light. As we gather in the darkness of this sanctuary, in the darkness of this world, we look forward to Christ's coming. We look forward to Christ through whom God saves us. And so we hold on to God's promises. We hold on to the declaration 
that the Lord makes and affirms over and over again in Scripture that we really are His treasured possession. In the darkness of Christmas night, the angels speak and they declare the glory of the birth of the Messiah. In the darkness, the Lord acts and His light comes. Once we were without hope, once we were not a people, once we had not received mercy. But now, now in Christ we have received mercy. Now because of Christmas, we are the children of God. Now because of Jesus, if you belong to God, you are his most treasured possession. You, me. All of us who have gathered here tonight who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord speaks to us tonight and he says, you, you are my treasured possession. You are the thing that I value the most out of all things. And because of that, tonight and always, we declare the praises of the Lord who brought us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen.